With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This, this, this is, 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 is Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Side there from Brooke and Ravchenko took that well right hand. And Ravchenko goes down. He was caught around the temple, I think. And his legs very, very unsteady, just collapsed underneath him. And I don't know whether he's going to be able to make it back to his feet and convince Steve Gray that he can continue. And it is all over. It's all over. Midway through the second round. Welcome to episode 179 of the Fight Disciples podcast. Hope you're well. Thank you so much for your company. Uh, I said this every week, but I'm going to say it again. If this is the first time that you've ever stumbled across us, we are on iTunes. Uh, please subscribe to us there. Fight Disciples. Thank you so much if you've written a, a five-star review uh, of late as well. I had a little bit of time over the weekend with uh, random um, delayed travel, so I had a little bit of a nosy through some of the uh, the comments on there, and they're all top class. So thank you so much. It's amazing that you think so highly of the shit that we churn out on a on a week to week basis. Uh, you can get us on uh, social media at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you're an Android user, our website will have all the links there for uh, your respective feeds. All right, so it's FightDisciples.com. The best compliment I heard this week. Go on, the Saints and Greavesy. Of boxing. The Saint and Greavesy of boxing. For those of a younger uh, demographic, you will have absolutely no idea what that refers to, but us old fellas know exactly what that is. I take that as a massive compliment. Fuck yeah. The Saint and Greavesy of boxing. You, I'm, we're not going to name who said that, but we know you, you listen on a week-by-week -week basis. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Job done. Uh, I just got to put a couple of apologies in, early doors, all right, before we get on with, obviously, uh, slagging Wilder off. Uh, so we're going to get stuck into um, an apology for the broadcast that I was doing on national radio on Saturday evening uh, covering the Kell Brook fight. And the reason why I'm going to apologise is because all week on that radio station, I was alluding to the fact that a certain five foot three inch former featherweight champion of the world that could hit people uh, for fun and uh, created wonderful ring entrances, would be joining me as a co-commentator alongside me, all right? I'm, of course, referring to, you're either good at boxing or you're not <laughs> Prince Nazim Ahmed, right? Now, Prince Nazim Ahmed was due to join me in co-commentary um, for the Kelbrook fight at the weekend. However, he wasn't there. If you were listening, you will, you will have uh, obviously noticed that. Mm -hmm. uh, the reason why uh, Prince Naz uh, wasn't there is that the deal was done. We shook hands. We agreed the fee. Uh, the fee, by the way, was far more than any other co-commentator that we've ever even contemplated paying in the past. And the man is, fight disciples. He is. Got he to is. Pay for it. Absolutely he is. Therefore, we thought, do you know something? It's a one-off. It's Naz. He'll probably get us some unbelievable uh, little quotes and sound bites. We're going to put our hands in a pocket. Let's make this happen. So we put our hands in a pocket. Now, Naz being Naz and the uh, the rogue that he is, he thought to himself, right, they've agreed to that. Now I'll uh, I'll ask for some other stuff now that the contract's done and we've all, sh we've all shook hands. Uh, what do you need, Naz? Uh, 
Uh, I want a hotel. No problem, Naz. We can get you an hotel. That's no problem. I don't want it in Sheffield. I want it in. Uh, I want it in Manchester. Why? Because you're going to sort me out a ticket for Man City game day after, aren't you? R- right. <laughs> okay. We'll sort. We'll sort that out. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll try our best. And mm, don't fancy driving myself. Can I get? Can I get a car? Where do you live? Surrey. Right. <laughs> to Sheffield. Yeah. Okay. Well, no problem, Naz. We'll sort that out. Um. <laughs> We'll we'll, uh, we'll have a word with the, 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 the we'll have a word with the fleet of taxis that we have connected to the business. Don't want a taxi. I've got my own chauffeur. Just pay his fee. <laughs> a chauffeur. You want you want a chauffeur from from Surrey to Sheffield, and then I'm assuming you want the chauffeur to take you to Manchester and then home again. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we want. Uh, now, I don't think this is going to work, mate. Our budgets aren't that big. Yeah. Anyway, the, the, that's basically how that went down, right? Then. I got a phone call from my bosses saying, listen, we're not going to go in that. We can't afford him, right? Yeah, he's, yeah. he's big time. Now, if I told you how much Naz was getting for the TV gig, it'll blow your mind, right? So I'm not going to out him on that. Yep. So I said, right, we can't afford Naz. So I have to let Naz down, right? Naz was cool. So yeah. we let Naz down. Any suggestions? Well, well, uh, Billy Joe Saunders will be in in Sheffield because he's a Kelbrook's uh, K- 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 uh, stable Spark mate. Up, he's yeah. up there. Uh, I'm sure he's going to the fight anyway. So why don't we blag him? WBO middleweight champion of the world. Lots to talk about Canelo and Golovkin and all that type of stuff. It'd be great to have him on. I absolutely adore him. Mm-hmm. Let's do the stuff. Right, no bother whatsoever. Uh, Billy Joe Saunders booked in, signs the deal. Billy Joe does us a job because he's coming up there anyway. No so- chauffeur. He drove himself, didn't no, he? He sorts it all out himself, does Billy Joe. He's old school, does Billy Joe. So I'm thinking, oh, fantastic. No hassle. Mm. He just went, yeah, I'm there. I'll come and do it, right? Billy Joe turns up. Bear in mind, I'm already in the, in the arena, waiting for my uh, core commentator, waiting for my uh, my pundit to come and join me, right? Yep. Billy Joe turns up, looking amazing, million-dollar suit, looking, looking tremendous, right? Just gives us the wave. I can see you, lads. Billy, we're on in half an hour. Just want to run you through the show, what we're going to be doing. No worries. I'll be over in half an hour. Billy Joe then does a lap of the arena signing autographs and selfies. Turns up as the show has started, right? So he's no idea what's going on. Absolutely no idea. Sits down. We have a little bit of a chinwag about him and Golovkin, potential and all. Obviously, the Martin Murray fight coming up. Brings in some other people. Anyway, then the Gavin McDonald fight starts and off we go with the commentary, right? So he's he's in. I'm thinking, this is mint. We've got Billy Joe Saunders. Tremendous. Billy Joe then taps me on the shoulder during commentary and says, do I have to sit here all the way through the fight? And I went, yeah. Uh, why? What do you want to do? He said, I just want to go sit with my mates. And I went, um, well, I'll, we'll get a break in the show and you can go and have a chat with your pals and all that type of stuff. <laughs> now, how do you... Ag- now, normally, if that wasn't a fighter, right, and someone that could take me out, no, and that, that someone can take me out with one shot, I'd probably just be a bit of an ass and be myself and go, "No, man, well, you know, we're doing a program, we can't really do that." But it's Billy Joe Saunders, right? Now, I don't want to upset him because it just might get a little bit ag. I don't want to do that, so I kind of bowed down to his his knees. I said, "Yeah, yeah." Once we finish this particular fight, you crack on because Jamie Moore is going to come over. We'll have a chat with Jamie. We'll have a chat with some other lads, right? Yeah, okay, right, sweet. So the fight finishes. He clears off. Right? Clears off. I'm chatting to Jamie Moore. I'm looking at my producer going, uh, anybody seen Billy Joe? Could do him coming back, right? Because <laughs> we're doing the Kel, uh, Kel Brook fight in a minute. Anyway, he goes and gets him because he sat with all his pals and he's brought little Stevie with him. Little Stevie's there, he's a little son. Yep. So anyway, brings Billy Joe over, comes and sits down, does a little bit of a preview for the Kel Brook fight, right? Yep, bit of insight into the camp, all that kind of stuff. Right, yep. right. So Kel Brook started his ring walks, taps him on the shoulder again. He goes, do you have to sit here for this? Uh... <laughs> uh <laughs> Yeah, mate. He goes, yeah, but I promise that I'm going to sit over there with lads, you know what I mean? Lads from gym and all that type of stuff. 
So me, being the absolute wet lettuce that I am, right, <laughs> shit my pants and went, you do what you want, Bill. You do what you want. <laughs> he fucked off, didn't he? He fucked off. Just an empty set of headphones That's next it. to you. He said, right, I'll, I'll be back later on, yeah? And I went, no, you're here for, to do, never mind. Anyway, so he clears off. My producer looks at me, where's he going? I don't think he wants to sit here. I think he wants to go on. I think he wants Check to... it. Did you put the oceans on, on Saturday night? I think he wants to go and hang out with his mates. What? We booked him for this. No, he's off, right? So Billy Joe's fucks off, right? So he's hanging out with all his pals. I mean, you might have seen him on the TV. He was in the ring at the end, weren't he, and all that type of stuff. So I'm thinking, all right, at least he's going to come back at the end of the fight to do some punditry, and we'll talk about all the stuff then, yeah, right? Recap what's just yeah, happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, didn't see him again. <laughs> just fucked off. <laughs> didn't see him again. <laughs> so he's fucked off, right? I'm telling. Now, obviously, we're close to all the Sky people and all the guys, guys from Sky are there and all this type of stuff. So I'm telling him this story. Frotch is pissing himself. Absolutely hilarious. He said, how much were you paying him? So we told him how much we were paying him. He goes, I'll do it for that. I'll do it last hour of your show for that. So my producer shits his pants and goes, yeah, all right. <laughs> so, all right. We've ended up... We, we, we booked, by the way, all the stuff that we booked for Naz previously, we've had to cancel and pay cancellation it charges. It's probably cheaper to stick Exactly. We should have just done with fucking Naz. <laughs> so we've got them paid Billy Joe's son. There's all his hotel and all that type of stuff. He's come up and done five minutes. So he's, he's done that. And then we've had to pay a double booking fee for Carl Frotch. So he's got double bubble. Fucking hell. Most of, and then the fight only goes two rounds. So the whole thing was an absolute catastrophe financially. <laughs> Great night, though. Great night. Loads of stories. There you go, that was the arena. Oh, brilliant. Um, the fight itself, though, mate, I mean, when uh, when it all got underway with Kel, yeah. I thought he looked really nervous. Yeah, he did, yeah. Well, it, the... was, it was make or break, wasn't it? it was fun. Mm. If, he did, if he did lost that fight, his career's over. Yeah, I agree Nowhere with you. Nowhere to go. He's making that ring walk. I mean, there's something quite... All fighters should do this now, right? Stop changing your ring mu- uh, walk music. Don't do it. Because there's something quite... Un- quite special when a fighter is synonymous with your tune. Obviously, mm-hmm. his is all of the lights and all that type yeah, of stuff, yeah. yeah. So when that kicked in, in the, I've honestly never been in an arena with that type of atmosphere. I yeah. mean, because the tension was there Oh, mate, well. everybody got the, the... I know this is going to sound a little bit like X Factor, but everybody's got the camera phones out. So the whole arena's lit up with camera phones, light, lighting up the arena. And then when that tune just kicks in and you can just see his face appear... It was fucking unbelievable. Like you say, it's a homecoming. It's a make-or-break night for him. Yep. The roof literally came off. And fair play to him. When the fight started, I thought for 30 seconds, a minute, he looked quite nervous, very tentative. He, he was on the back foot just watching what Rabchenko were doing. Yep. And then he landed an uppercut early in that round. And it was like, all of a sudden, he's like going, oh, I know what I'm, I'm doing. I'm this. Yeah, yeah. I know what I'm doing. Do yeah, 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 I'm all right at this now. And then he settled into that first round, and then the way that he finished the fight, mate, was just fucking unbelievable. Talking to him after the fight, it was like the weight of his, the world had just been lifted off his shoulders. They were like, yeah, yeah. thank God for that. But it absolutely was, though. Had he lost that fight, his career's over. He's got nowhere else to go. You know, you can't, you can't bounce back from two back-to-back stoppage defeats in the weight division above and tell everybody that you've had the world's greatest camp and everything else. But you can, you can talk yourself into that. And Kel... Prior to losing to Golovkin, Neville Spence Jr. was a super confident fighter. Mm. You know, the key at this level is it's confidence. It's in your it's mind. Your it's it's, in, your, it's in your head at this level. If, you, if you're at world title level in any weight division in, 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 in fight sports, it's all in your head. It's how you handle it in your head. And he's been damaged severely damaged and as he's expressed pre- as well he was uh, you know he was super depressed after the loss to Wales Spence Jr he was considering what he was going to do with his life never mind about whether he was going to get back into boxing so he brought all that into the Sheffield arena with him 
it's literally strapped to his back on Saturday night. Yeah. So while all of the lights, even watching at home, you could tell. Yeah, it always is because because of the lights sing, it, it, it creates like a weird Coldplay type moment. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. The atmosphere is always amazing. But just walking out, you could see it in his eyes. You could see it, and you were just like, "Fuck!" This kid just desperately wants this fight to begin. Just desperately wants yeah. all this to end, and just be him and Rabchenko. And he and he wants to be punched in the face and go, "Oh yeah, I, I can be punched in the face. I'm cool." Mm. And punch back, and as you say, land that uppercut and go, "Oh right, okay, I get it now. I am fucking very good at this." I was potentially weight drained against Errol Spence Jr. and still damaged from Glovkin. It was a mistake to f- step up two weight divisions and take a fight that, I pro- you know, all this stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. plays out and it's like, okay, I've got myself back on track now. And I think that was the most important thing about the second round stoppage. It was like, he needed a statement. It, it, just winning on points wouldn't have done it for yeah. me. He needed to make a statement and he did die. He against, the kid that doesn't, against the kid that doesn't get stopped? He, he don't, he, well, the guy's only never lost to, to the guys up at the weight division above. You know, he's, he's never lost as a super welterweight. So for to stop the guy mm. in second round mm. is a real a real statement. So and he's right afterwards, you know, we talked about it on last week's show. There's only one fight out there. Yeah. For me. There's only one fight yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell broken. Well this is where I want to go with this now, right? Because people get giddy. When when someone makes an a a, a a performance like that, like Kel did, he knocks a kid out in two rounds. I mean there were loads of fans chatting, oh he's back, Kel's gonna be a two weight world champion, all this type of stuff. And the people going crazy. I even heard Eddie mentioning um that he beat that Eddie believes I don't know whether this is just Eddie selling the fight, and it probably is, and he because he's fucking good at it. Uh, but he was talking about oh at one five four he beat Errol Spence Jr. Yeah. Um there's obviously the Charlo fight and, and all these names starts to get mentioned around, right? F- forget it. For me, forget it. Kel has achieved what he set out to achieve. He was world champion. Yeah. Done. Now it's about securing that financial legacy. Because out of that fight, we still don't learn a lot from Kel Brook. No. We know that, don't get me wrong, he looked, during the week, much happier. Yeah. Because he's not trying to make 147. So he looks sound, right? Yeah. He's obviously carrying the power up to Absolutely. 154. That's that probably the, the main... To make, yeah. That's probably the main learn. Babchenko's a full-blown super welterweight. Absolutely. So to put him away like that proves that Kel can punch up at this Absolutely. weight division. But he didn't get tagged. No. He hasn't been hit. He hasn't been taken into deep waters as of yet, as he mm. has done against, obviously, Golovkin, even the Carson Jones fight way yeah. back when, and then, obviously, the Errol Spence Jr. fight. The only fight, the only fight, forget Charlo, forget Spence Jr., just forget it. Make the Amir Khan fight. Yeah. It's going to be at a catch weight, you would imagine, because Amir Khan's not daft. He's going to have looked at that the weekend and go, fucking hell, he looks all right at 154. I'll tell you what, we'll try and get him down to 150, because we know he's fucking massive and he struggles with the weight, so let's yeah. try and get him down. That is going to be the only sticking point for me. There's a lot of pressure now on Amir for April 21st. He's got to go out and look mint. Yep. If he doesn't look mint, then that narrative kind of becomes a little bit dead in the water. It does, but then I think the emphasis then will be on more on the fight happening. I think if, if Khan looks spectacular in Liverpool on April 21st... Do you reckon he can wangle himself I out think of he, the... I brook? think he wangles himself out of it and starts talking about a world title fight. Yeah. Uh, in America and you know because he's a big enough name in America I think it's more likely that happening I think in Liverpool now what we need from Amir Khan is something something of a stunted performance you know something a little bit less than what Amir Khan's hoping for I don't think we'll see that I think we'll see something similar to what Kel, produ- Kel produced at the weekend yeah, unfortunately but it, I don't think that generates a Kel Brook fight because Amir's opponent isn't the geezer that Kel's just been in with he's no. Rabchenko and uh, Le Greco Phil, Phil De Greco or whatever yeah <laughs> they're not the same calibre of opponents you'd, you'd think that Amir's going to make uh, mincemeat out of him I just really hope 
with them being both now in the same stable, that that is the next fight. I don't want people getting carried away or getting a little bit giddy because Charlo started making noise, right? Yeah. He's been making noise. I'm Earl Spence Jr. Earl Spence Jr. is like, mate, if you get a belt, I'll come up. I'll yeah, move yeah. up to 154. Uh, yeah, no exactly. So therefore, he's got to fight Charlo in order to get that belt. That's fucking tough, mate. Charlo's mm. not, you know, it's not easy. You're not going into that fight and Kel Brook's going to smash him to bits. I think it's, uh, I think it's really tough and a, a little bit, I don't want to say suicidal career-wise, but for me, it would be. Yeah. Because he's on a lose-lose there. Yeah. Go and make the big money fight with Amir Khan. Absolutely. And I think Kel would agree with us. If he was sitting in the studio now, I think he, would, he wouldn't agree with us that it was a, a suicide fight, but he would certainly agree with us that the biggest fight out there is Ask me. Amir Khan. Ask me. So, Kel, mm. we've got you in the studio. Yeah. Obviously, there's the Charlo fight out there. Yeah, that's right, Babby. You know, there's, there's some good fights. Lara's fighting heads. That's right, yeah. There's some real good world title fights out there. But, yeah. No, hand on heart right now, if you could make any fight, you know, would you rather fight Saddam Ali for the WBO belt in New York or do you want to fight Amir Khan, the fight we all want to see in a stadium? That's right. Well, Amir's always been a bit delicate around whiskers, Amir. So I, for me, at the weekend, I put an extra bit of sugar on, on them chocolate brownies, Rabchenko at them, and Amir Khan, Kardashian, Kardashian's going to eat a couple of them, isn't he? So let's make the fight. Eddie's, Eddie's our promoter. We're all matched room. Stop running. Start fighting. See? Easy. It's easy work, isn't it? What's wrong with you? Brilliant. Uh, by the way, um, there is uh, evidence. I don't know where it is. I need to find it because it wasn't... I didn't actually personally record it. There is a, there's an interview going around of me as Kel Brook interviewing Kel Brook at the back end of uh, last week. Done, at, yeah, at the, at the, at the, uh, the weigh-in. We're having a little bit of a crack and I just mentioned uh, the chocolate brownie, you know. And he loved it. He couldn't get enough of it. He did look at me a little bit weird after the fight. He goes, there's that weird stalker guy that keeps doing impressions of me. Anyway, Kel Brook, that's the one that we want to see. Well yes. done him at the weekend. Fantastic. Can I just say as well, on the undercard, oh, I mean, there was, was devastated. Mate, there was some tremendous fights on the undercard. Um, all right, we'll do the disappointment first. We'll do uh, Dave Allen, right? Yeah. So Dave Allen. Devastating for him. Comes out in these fucking trainers. What was that all about? He, he come out and he, he flipped the robe off. Watching at home, he flipped the robe off and you thought, yeah, I love it. He's, Rocky got, he's gone for the Rocky shorts. Yeah, you know? yeah, he's yeah. gone for the Rocky slash Apollo Creed shorts. Yeah, fucking yeah. good lad. Why not? Yeah. And then when they panned down, I was like, what? he's got his runners on. Yeah. He's literally got his running trainers, yeah, trainers on. on. Yeah. Did he forget his boots? Or? No, don't know. I don't know what that the reason was. so fucking... Stupid and random. Go over on your ankle. It's game over, isn't exactly, it? Exactly, yeah. Anyway. Absolutely ridiculous. And then, obviously, in that first round, he ends up getting uh, an accident. It was a bad clash. cut. Yeah, they had to oh, stop it. it was horrible. They it had was, to stop it. As soon as it happened, it was right in front of me, and I looked at it, and you could see it. Cause when he turned his head away, before it started dripping, it was just like his whole eyebrow had been slashed. Yeah. The whole thing. And you just think, that's not going any further. No. Absolutely not. No. Um, good for him. Absolutely good for him because the narrative was there. Like, there was going to be a real story mm. there. And. You know what, it was less than a round, so you can't say how the fight was going to go or pan out. You don't know what the tactics were or anything else. So I just felt for him so much because he's worked so hard to get back here. He's exposed himself so much, and I think he's warmed. So many British fans have warmed to him. Yeah, they love him. And we just want him, this was his world title fight, man. We just wanted him to do well. And mm. I know they're talking about a third fight, but if I was Lenroy Thomas, obviously he, he wants to move forward with his career, if mm. you like. So I don't know whether it's going to come off, but just gutted, man. No, absolutely. Um... Regarding uh, the chief support, yeah, I thought McDonald was outstanding. Mate, that, outstanding. Do you know something? And bravo, and listen, bravo to Dave Caldwell mm. as well, man, because I think a lot of people thought you fired the edge in this fight that he was getting McDonald at the right time, but I thought McDonald was absolutely sensational. Normally, 
that I know Dave listens to the show, so I'll, I'll, I'll say it, and I would probably say this to his face. Normally, with Gavin's fights, I'm a bit bored. Yeah. And the reason why I'm bored is because I know in the back of my head he hasn't got the equaliser. I know that he can't knock the kid out, so I know it's always going to go the distance. Yeah. Now, at the weekend against Gamal Yafai, I was... There was moments in that fight. I'm sat there just constantly applauding, constantly applauding. He's, the, the way that he didn't get hit, the way that he was hitting in, out, whether he were up close, whether he were at range, I was like, this is an absolute clinic. Yep. It was it was a joy to be in the arena and watch it. 12 rounds of absolute brilliant boxing from Gavin McDonald. Fair play to him. And obviously, for, for uh, Yafai... It's the first time that he's probably stepped up. He's gone yeah. in with a guy that's fought at world level, challenged for world title, obviously. He fell short. Uh, but uh, you could see the difference in the level. He looked like a little bit of a rabbit in headlights. He's gone yeah. in there. He's been used to knocking kids out and stopping kids and having it his own way. And he just got old man. He did. And you know what? <clears throat> Think about it like this as well. Gavin McDonald only came to boxing when Jamie was European champion. He, like, followed his brother into the sport, didn't he? So... Like he wasn't the least like your five the your five family they're all elite amateurs boxed yeah. GB all over the world boxed in major tournaments yeah, and everything yeah, yeah. else they've got they've been doing this since day dot McDonald came into this late so listen you know I'm blowing smoke up his ass because he's me mate yeah but fucking what a coaching job Dave Caldwell's done there mm. like give the man some credit mm. he he outboxed a kid that's got deep roots in top level amateur boxing and is 14 and 0 undefeated as a pro and as you say probably hasn't lost look at Gamal Yafai's record uh, run coming into this fight probably hasn't lost a round mm. probably counts on one hand the number of rounds entire rounds he's lost mm-hmm. and McDonald gives him an absolute clinic I was absolutely impressed and to be honest I, I had a feeling it was going to be a good fight and neither of them are big punches because you know generally you don't get super bantams that aren't necessarily big punches anyway and neither of these two are, are big punches they've got less than double figures I think combined but it was a clinic an absolute clinic and that's what I wasn't expecting I thought this could turn into a bit of a war here the mm. McDonald's it, it can be pulled into it and I thought you're fine might have a little bit too much class for him. So it'd be all about McDonald trying to drag him into the trenches. But it was the opposite. McDonald was putting on the clinic. Mm. That's what really impressed me the most. Uh, did you, I don't know if it was on TV, this, did you see the Kid Galahad fight? I did, I watched Kid Galahad, yeah. I, did, I didn't see the Rocky Fielding fight, unfortunately, but no. it did, they did show Kid Galahad on TV. Yeah. What a knockout. Yeah, oh, sensational, yeah. But talking about kids without much power, mm. this kid has got power. Sensational timing, sensational timing, and we're uh, delighted that his opponent um, is healthy, up and about, and uh, and well. There's a bit of a scary moment there, obviously, with that happening in Sheffield and the, what happened the week before in Doncaster, yep. that you, the whole arena just fell silent. And as soon as the kid started moving and, and uh, obviously getting on his feet, uh, rapturous applause uh, did break out. Um, regarding Rocky Fielding, have you noticed that uh, there's a... Uh, He's going to be basically. He's going to be fighting Gilberto Ramirez. It's uh, near yes. enough done that fight. Yeah, June the top most potentially for it. It'd be interesting to see where it goes. I'll be surprised if Rocky doesn't have to travel. But you never know with Eddie. You never know. I think if anyone in his stable deserves a bit of a break and deserves some support, it's Rocky Fielding. Because for me, he's felt he's he's the one guy I would probably criticise Eddie and the way he's handled him. I feel like Rocky Fielding has played since he lost to Callum Smith mm. has been very much a bit par player. But so it's nice that he's finally going to get an opportunity on the top level because he, he's fucking, he deserves it. He's had to work absolutely hard. He's kept his mouth shut. He's been a good, honest pro. You know, I've been quite vocal in the past. Where, since the Cam Smith defeat, he got completely snubbed for the World Boxing Super Series. Ultimately, we know why now because they couldn't have someone that Callum beat in the first round in the same tournaments. But, you know, he was a, he was a far, it, it made far more sense for Rocky Fielding to be in than Jamie Cox. 
Do you know what I mean? But he didn't get that opportunity. He's had to work hard. He had to get his. He looked poor against John Ryder, but then looked then sensational against David Brophy. You know, he was on another eight rounder, and I was like, "Where's Rocky Fielding's career going, man?" So it was great to see that interview with Eddie, where he was like, "Right, you know what? I've done it for him." The deal's practically done. He's going to get a chance. And you know what? That's all he's wanted from day one. He just wants a shot at the title. Ramirez is no mug. Absolutely. He is proper. Oh, yeah. 100%. And check this out, right? Because you, you, you brought Callum's name up there. Rocky Fielding is going to fight in a world title fight before, before Callum, Callum Smith. I know. That is fucking mental. Isn't it just absolutely insane? And if George Groves doesn't recover and Callum ends up fighting a replacement, that isn't necessarily a world champion. Rocky Fielding... The biggest paycheck for Robbie. Imagine if Rocky Fielding goes away, wins the world title. Callum Smith wins World Boxing Super Series. And then Rocky Fielding, back in Liverpool, fights Callum Smith, defending his belt. It's just, it's mad, isn't it? Mm. It is absolutely mad how this has played out. You're getting, we're getting carried away there, saying oh, yeah, just that the, the Rocky's going to do you know, uh, um, Gil, uh, Gilberto. It, it, let's be honest, he, he's the one that nobody wants to face the WBO yeah, champion. Nobody calls absolutely. him out because he's no. fucking legit. He's he proper. Absolutely, yeah. I can't see him coming to the UK to fight Rocky Fielding. Well, that's what I mean. I that's think what he's going to have to travel. Gonna have to travel. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what? He's 30. At some stage, Adam, mm. you've just got to take a chance. And listen, take the take the Calm Smith defeat out of his record. Rocky Fielding's got 26 and 0 with 14 knockouts. Don't forget, Rocky Fielding did it the art way. He had to go. In, remember, he won in Prize Fighter. Yeah. I think he's the only person to win Prize Fighter by knocking everybody out. Yeah, he is in the way through. He knocks people out. He knocks people out for fun. So when you look at it that way, you think, wow. How is his career not? It's mad that the two of them actually are still waiting for a world title shot. Mm. Yet all the wins they've put together. Anyway, more news on that when we get it actually confirmed. But I was speaking to Eddie at the weekend and it's near enough done that fight. And uh, Rocky, it will be uh, June. Um, and obviously we're, with what's happening with George, it's probably going to be July, uh, uh, maybe even August uh, before, Groves, uh, before Callum, Callum Smith. Smith can get a knock with George Groves. Um, in wow. the early hours of Sunday morning here in the UK, we had a little bit of a sit down to watch um, the heavyweights having a little bit of a go at, at it. Because March is the month of the heavyweights. Later on this month, it is going to be AJ versus Parker showing it down. Uh, in Cardiff, uh, Wilder and Ortiz have basically got the month underway yep. in fantastic fashion. It was a great, great fight. We said in the rhetoric building up to the fight last week that we wanted Deontay Wilder to baptise uh, Luis Ortiz because of his history with drug cheating. I don't necessarily, I won't call it a necessarily a baptising, um, but he got the job done and keeps this narrative now going as we build towards maybe that fight uh, with Anthony Joshua. But I'll tell you something, mate. Fucking hell. Since it was good, wasn't it? It was a great fight. It was a fantastic fight. Yeah. Ortiz. It had a bit of everything. It was like a roller coaster. The fight was a complete roller coaster. Even though I can't stand what Ortiz did. Yeah. During the fight, I'm watching it, cheering him. I'm thinking, you're putting it on him, mate. And you are showing this guy up. And he's literally in his back. I know he's from Alabama, but literally in his backyard, you're doing him. Yeah. He was winning the fight until he got stopped. In my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Not in the judges' opinion, by the way. All three judges had Wilder up by a point. After four rounds, they had the fight level. How can you have that fight level after four rounds? Ortiz won the first four rounds easy. No chance. Didn't even get out of second gear and he was schooling the kid. His counter-punching was fucking ridiculous. He was superb. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's a mad one, this, because... Okay, let's talk about Ortiz first. You know, for a 55-year-old man, that was a fucking hell of a performance. You know what I mean? So... And he went into it with, for me, the right tactics as well. Nice and tidy, working off his jab, driving forwards, you know, and just uh, not showing Wilder anything, just real picking his work well. 
and he was well up as you say before the, before the, the knockdown in the fifth round I had him four up no mm. problem he was cruising um, and then obviously that made it two rounds to him but then I think he won the next round as well yeah, so yeah. it was a, it was a brilliant fight in terms of Wilder I, I, you know, never has a, a, a fucking actual surname been more apt <laughs> because he is just wild, isn't he? He's just like, the way he moves, Mate. the way he throws shots, like sometimes... He hits you with his wrist. He looks like a pisshead outside some boozer, doesn't he? Yeah, fucking yeah. fighting with a doorman. That's what, at times, that's what he looks like. And then other times you think, you know, <clears throat> if you watch the way he paused that, if you watch, you watch the way he paused that long jab, more often than not, he doesn't snap the jab out. He doesn't throw a he's jab. He's a rangefinder. He pulls it, but he's good at flicking the guard down with it because his arms are so long. It's a Lomachenko tactic. He pushes your guard down and throws Lomachenko the right hand Lomachenko and Utik do it. It's a Ukraine yeah. uh, tactic. He does do that a lot. He pulls he does. that guard down, yeah. Klitschko's used to do it as well. Like yeah, just, yeah, yeah. You use that jab not to not to hit the head, but to knock the hand out of the way to throw the right hand over the top. It, there's a lot more to him than meets the eye. Do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think you can watch him and go, fuck, you're raw as fuck. You are literally just street it's, fighting here. Do you know, like... We, Slapping away. Right, for example, I've just said that for 12 rounds, I've watched Gavin McDonnell technically be outstanding, yeah. right? Yeah. And be in awe of watching it. Very poetic, very balletic, yeah. the way that he went about his performance. I'm watching Wilders cringing. I'm like, whoa, what you yeah. did? Like, just windmilling away. Listen, the perfect analogy is what you've just said there. He's a pisshead fighting a doorman outside the Weatherspoons. That's yeah. exactly what it is like. It's like, whoa, man, this is horrible. You're going to get hurt in a minute. Stop it. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, he finds this outstanding power. I don't know where it... It's like Freakish. it's He-Man he strength. Yeah, it's freakish. Because if you look at the way that he connects his shots, he hits you with his wrist. He, oh, he was yeah. hitting around the back of the head with the wrist. He's like very windmilly. And he's, he's, so, he's so gangly and long. It's a you slap. Think, where does the power come he from? He knocks dudes out with a slap. Yeah. It's weird. It is weird. It's It, you've, you've, it reminds me... In a, in a lot of ways of watching Thomas Ains back in the old days where because he was so long he just generated so much power because of the length of his pistons but obviously Thomas Ains was a fucking beautiful boxer he loved to trade inside he, 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 he loved to get inside and wing away similar to what Wilder does but then he doesn't do that weird jumping to the side shit like leaning right back and what I learned from this fight was as well Wilder can take a shot, man. Yeah, he can. Fuck me. Yes, he can. Because he got nailed a few times, and I was like, mate, this is over. Yeah. Like, this Cuban is not going to let Wilder off the hook here. He's finished. And he was literally hanging on like Grim Death. It was the seventh or the eighth yeah, round was, or yeah. whatever it was. He was fucking gone. And I was just like, oh, my God. Oh, he's just going to do it. He's going to fucking ruin it. But then... He staggers back to his corner. He comes back out in the commentary. We're going, oh, he's still all over the place. Ten more seconds in that round, by the way. Yeah. It's over. And I was like, you know what? He's cleared his head here. And meanwhile, in the other corner, Ortiz, his head was down. Blowing. They're pouring water over his head. He's yeah. like, oh, 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 he's completely fucked. And now Wilder's switched back on. And Wilder's like, okay, sound. I've Is that all you've got? Yeah, I've come through that. Street, street fighting that, shit. That's, that's what worried me in terms of the Anthony Joshua fight. Because I'm watching that at times. I'm going, Anthony Joshua will fucking destroy this Wilder. <laughs> we'll destroy him. If Ortiz can outbox him like that, then AJ would fucking destroy him and set him up and put him as Kip. But he has this ability, this reflexes, and this because he's so big, to just just slip enough, just move enough, and then he counters with the stupidest shit that you can't predict for. You can't. Who, who's just who just spar to prepare for Deontay Wilder yeah. as a heavyweight? There's yeah. no one out there yeah, you can yeah. spar. He's, the guy's a fucking weirdo. He just fights weird, and he's light. Yeah, light on his feet. No, no, two hundred fifteen, two hundred twenty oh, no, yeah. pounds. Like, in. That looked like a. a the, f the problem I faced, yeah, I yeah. thought... He's 40 pounds less than AJ. Yeah. 40 pounds. 
Fucking hell, mate. If you get it with the extra £40, that's going to hurt, isn't it? But he's he's so big, though. He's always moving backwards. and You've got to catch him just right as he comes in. And obviously, Ortiz did do that at one point, but he didn't have the ability to close the show. Well, he looked like he was about to close the show, but it's Wilder's resilience that makes you go, fucking hell. This kid, is, you know, I get why he's got so far now. I did, I'd have not seen that Ortiz was at Wobble. Uh, Ortiz catch him and, and, and Wilder wobble. I'd be like, I'm still waiting for this kid to get bingo. Do you know what I mean? I, mm. I, but now I've seen that, I'm like, fuck, he can take a shot as well. Like, and that's because the problem is because he can take a shot and his recovery is so good. And I think a lot of that's down to his fitness. You can tell Wilder's fit as a butcher's dog. There's not a pick on him. He yeah. must he must train like a monster. You know what I mean? Because he, he just look his recovery process is just insane. Ortiz. Adam gone. Yet the next round, it was Ortiz that punched himself out. Meanwhile, Wilder's back now. He's back in the game. Um, there was no lag. Apart from that, when he got hurt then. Like when we when we seen AJ against Klitschko, there was a lag. And then Klitschko nailed him. And then for two rounds, AJ looked gone. You know, and then he gets a second wind. With with Wilder, you don't he doesn't in. need a second wind. He's always there. You caught him, you've rocked him, but bang, he's back. There's, there's no point where he drops off. And I know he fights he started this round this fight really slowly. Gave away the first four rounds, in my opinion. Um, but it's that confidence of knowing when I want to, when I start, I'm willing to take a bit of a chance and I connect, you're going to go. 45. That confidence I'm going to put you 39 KOs. It's unbelievable. 45. He's got fights. so much confidence in his own power. And they're not even fucking clean no, they're not. textbook shots. They're horrible. They're, slaps. they're horrible. They're, they're literally pisshead fighting the dormant jobs, aren't they? Mm. It's crazy. It uh, is crazy. Did you see who was the reserve, by the way? Just Because they didn't trust that Ortiz had met the fight, like whether he'd get done for drugs or whether it had, well, something had happened during the fight week. Did you see who the reserve was? No. Who was coming in at the last minute? Who they asked to train alongside Ortiz to make sure that he was fit for the fight? Charles Martin. Boom! Get him in there, Charlie D. Get him in hilarious when Charles Martin comes in, upsets the apple cart and knocks out of yeah, Wilder. Yeah. Absolutely. Never yeah, happened. Been funny. Never yeah. happened. Anyway, he was on the reserve list. Uh, on the undercard, mate, I have never cheered so wildly. Us category. Absolutely <laughs> cheering my bollocks off I was. I was thinking, there you go, you shit house. Get back to Flint, Michigan. On your way, Darrell yeah. boy. For a guy that has been brilliant as an amateur, he's had a very good... Uh, professional career, yeah, but, and I, you know, early in his career as well, he had balls. Yes, like, he yeah, did. he came through some big fights. Mate, but he spewed it against Hopkins. He yeah. spewed it in the first fight against uh, Uzkategui, and I just thought, right, you're getting it. He's, he's obviously fucked Callum about, so therefore we've got yeah. a personal interest in it. Get in there, Uzkategui, and sort this kid out. Boom, boom, boom. He's now the new mandatory uh, for the uh, the Gale Caleb Truex uh, rematch. rematch. So whoever comes, uh, who prevails in that, whoever's the IBF champion, they will be facing uh, Uzkategui. He's, a, he's serious, man. He can whack. Yeah, he is, yeah. And you know what? I'm just glad he approached the fight in the manner he did. He didn't let the, what happened last time affect him. You know, he was like, you know what? I'm just going to fucking put it back on his toes again and see if... And ultimately, you know, Darrell's performance, that was what I feared we would get from Kel Brook, that we, he would be in his shell, Bit that he didn't want to be involved, that he wouldn't want to mix it up. And that was what my big fear was with Kel on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. What exactly what Darrell produced, but yeah, I was like you, man. I was fucking jumping out my seat because I was like, you know what, mate? I, I know on last because on last week's show when we were going Darrell <coughs> shit house, yeah, and, and then after the record, I was like, I listened to it. I was like, oh, probably a bit harsh there. No, look at his body of work, his career. We've been harsh there, but you know what? We weren't harsh because once again at the weekend he proved he is a shit house. <laughs> he doesn't want to do this no more. Yeah. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. No one's forcing you to do it. Yeah. He's making the decision to go in there and, and fight these fights. But if you're not going to fight. 
you, you can't do it anymore. It's no. got to be the end of the road. Mm. April 7th, by the way, for uh, the Gale Cru- uh, Truax 2. Um, not signed, sealed, but that's the date. I'm yep. telling you now, that's when it's going to be happening. All right, so keep your eyes out for that. Uh, Josh Taylor, one of our think favorites. think that UK, sorry? think the Gale, or will we have to travel this time? It's where the dough is, mate. I think the dough. If I was, if I, I think if the dough is honest, here. I'd be. I, if I was the Gale, I'd be happy to travel because he's, he's performed better on the road than he does at home. The rumor is that it's going to be on the Jarrett Heard, Erisandi Lara, uh, Lara undercard, so right, it will okay. be states. Yeah, obviously, yeah. I think um, that's better for the Gale to be honest, mm. because I think after the last performance, who, who's going to buy a ticket to the Gale fight? He's not a big ticket seller anyway, mm. and that was supposed to be his big moment where he went, "Wait, I'm back, and I'm going to win this." And whoever wins that World Boxing Super Series, I'm waiting for you. Type of moment, and he missed it. He missed. Missed it in absolutely dramatic circumstances. Mm. So I think the fact that it's on the road will do, do the Gale massive favours. Josh Taylor, looking mint, as oh, ever. I know, they had a, I know they had a, a late uh, replacement, which was a shame because we wanted to see him in with Soto, a guy that was ranked with the WBC to boost Josh's uh, ranking further up the WBC. But he was class again. He, he, just... was, he was brilliant. And you know what? Winston Campos was a fucking legit replacement yeah, of opponent. Absolutely legit. The guy was on a tear. So for, for Taylor to do that in front of the Scottish crowd, you know, I watched that fight and I'm and I'm thinking, I wish I was I wish I'd gone to that. I wish I'd gone to Glasgow because I fear something a bit special is happening around Josh Taylor and the Scottish fans are onto it. You know, Ricky Burns has pretty much gone now. This is the new kid on the block in terms of Scottish boxing. Mm. And they get behind their own. This kid will go all the way. And I feel like something a bit special is happening happening all around it. It's great that it's on Terrestrial TV too. Yeah. They're taking the WBC route, obviously. I've got a funny feeling. We love narratives in boxing. I'm going to create one now. It might not necessarily happen, but this is what I think is going to happen. I think that there's going to be a shot at some point this year, back end of this year, against Indongo. Yep, that wouldn't surprise me. That's it. That's it. Because obviously, Scottish fans know where he is and everything. Ricky else. Burns, I reckon the WBC yeah. will mandate that. Josh Taylor in Dongo for a vacant belt, which is currently vacant. Bish, bash, bosh. There you go. Back in Scotland, in Dongo. WBC it. belt vacant, is it? Yeah, because uh, Terence moved up, didn't he? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Cleared off, did the lad? Yeah, of course. Wow. So there you go. Josh Taylor in Dongo to get revenge for the Scots. What's, uh, what's Mikey Garcia? What's that fight? What's that belt for? Um, one forty in it. One thirty-five. He's what? He's the one thirty-five champion. Yeah, and he's fighting Lipinitz this weekend for the one forty IBF belt. It's not the WBC belt. Ah, uh, right, it's the IBF. That's it. Sorry, that's where I'm getting so, mixed yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, no, I could definitely see that. It makes absolute sense. And you know, Andongo certainly won't be scared to coming over, to, uh, traveling to Scotland. Uh, you know, traveling over to the UK. So. Good shout. Mm. Um, in action once again against the geezer that couldn't punch himself out of a, a paper bag. Did it within seven rounds. Job done. Tick, tick, tick. Yep. Um, Bivol taking on uh, Barrera. Finished him in the final round. Sensational finish. Yep. Um, outboxed him as well. Re- showed uh, some real class. Um, for me, in the light heavyweight division, that's the only fight to make. Let's just put them two in there. They're both with the same promoter. Let's do it. WBO. No, not, we're not doing that. It's not happening. WBO, WBA, unification. No, Why not? It's not happening. It's not happening. What do you want? I want Cali Sowland to get in here and get all these light heavyweights and scoop them all up and put them into a big fat you know, pot of light heavyweight magicalness. Do you know why that won't happen? Because they're all connected to American TV deals, mate. Fuck them. Fuck American TV. Because American TV needs listen, to they get might, beyond it listen, anyway. They might do light heavyweights, but I'm telling you now, uh, if you're connected to an American TV deal, I don't think you'll be in the, I don't think you'll be in the mix. But these are both obviously connected to HBO. HBO need to jump on. Listen, if HBO have got any kind of brain, uh, they need to look at what the cruiserweight tournament has done this year, mm. and the amount of eyeballs, it's and the amount of excitement it's generated around the cruiserweight division, and go, okay, yeah, let's get them in this tournament. But we want, we want this World Boxing Super Series on HBO because 
it's an incredible tournament. And if you put in Kovalev and Bivol, and then you've got Stevenson or Jack, and then you've got, you know what I mean? There's there's six or seven absolutely Berbatiev or whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah. Six or seven light heavyweights that make this a sensational tournament. But look, you've just mentioned their fighters now that are connected to t- different TV deals. What TV platform are they going to put it on in the States? Because they're all going to want the pie. For example, Stevenson and Jack are Showtime guys. Yeah. So therefore, how do you give a cut to them, cut to it? Because they're all going to want a piece of it, aren't they? What, what, so you need to do a totally fresh TV deal for the United States yeah. and fuck off their current TV deals, th- those fighters, but for the t- next three fights, yeah, potentially. Yeah. I-, I think the... Uh, listen, money talks and everything can be done. And with the Muhammad Ali Act, you know, I think they were talking at the weekend and I want to talk about, I want to come on to Sullivan Barrera in a second, but they were talking about, you know, uh, opponents of Kovlev in and 4 million, but instead Bivol's about 2 million. You know, these are the, so Kovlev's probably getting 6, 7 million, I guess, for that fight at the weekend, even though it was a bit of a gimme. World Boxing Super Series, there's a fucking 30 million, 40 million pound pot at the end of it. So any of the, if you're Kovalev, and you, you know, quite long in the tooth, and they go, listen, we're going to do this tournament. We're going to put eight in. You're going to be ranked number one because you're Kovalev. Pick who you want. You can pick your first opponent. Then it'll be heat. This is how it's going to work. And at the end of it, you'll have all the belts and you'll have a $40 million check. He's not going to go, uh, no, I've got to deal with HBO of course for six he's million not. a fight. Of course he's not. But but that's where the Muhammad Ali comes into play then because the fighters can use that to manipulate themselves and go, wait a minute. It's up to you, HBO, to do a deal with this World Boxing Super Series. I'm going into this tournament because the Muhammad Ali Act will back me up. I know it's it's messy, but I just think don't don't come. Away. World Boxing Super Series has been fucking awesome this first year because the fights have been amazing. So every TV channel in the world who like who covers boxing needs to be looking at it. Whether it's with regardless of who the promoter is, regardless who's involved, they need to look at that because that's where eyeballs are going. People have tasted this year. Five fans have gone fucking brilliant. What are you doing next year? Oh, we're looking at doing light heavyweights. Fan, I'll be watching that. So HBO need to go. Wait a minute. Okay, then let's say Bivol is able to get out of his contract, but Kovalev can't. So Kovalev's stuck fighting on HBO. Problem is. He's normal to fight. Kovalev, Stevenson, all these are all signed up. Yeah. So what the fuck do they do now? Who's okay. going to watch Kovalev? So hopefully that's what I, this is what I'm hoping happens anyway. But just come on to this fight then. Sullivan Barrera, man. Fuck's sake. He is the stupidest motherfucker on the planet. Do you want me to tell you why? Go on. So he gets offered the Kovalev fight in the main event for 4 million, 4.1 million or whatever it was. Turns it down. To accept the Bivol fight for half the money. Why? On the undercard. I can only imagine it's because Barrera thinks he do can... a number on Bivol, puts me in a stronger position, got a WBA belt around my waist, unification with Kovalev, I earn a lot more money. The problem is, he gets in with Bivol, three rounds in, Barrera's walking back to his corner, and you can see he's going, I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker, I fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Because... I, I, I just don't know, understand what, what his logic was. I think he's looked at Bivol because he's young and inexperienced. I say young and inexperienced. Get him now rather than later. And I think because he's stopping dudes for fun, Bivol, I don't. I think he underestimated his boxing. Yeah. Barrera, we know, is a great boxer. I mean, look Absolutely. at the schooling that he's had over the yeah. years. And I think he's gone on there. I can box on the back foot here and pot shot this kid and take his belt off him over a 12-round period. That's what I think has gone instead, on in his head. He's Bivol got boxed him. Yeah, he's got scored. And won every round. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, and then finished him in the 12th just to fucking rubber stamp it. But he's... Look at look at it now, the bigger picture. You're like, Barrera then, okay, he takes more money. Just bring in mind, Barrera's not a spring chicken. He says, you know, he's at the back end of his career. He fights Kovalev. He gets beat by Kovalev. Well, who's the... 
Kovalev, Bival. But maybe Bival's team are going, still a bit young for Kovalev. We're not quite there yet. Who's the perfect opponent then? Because Barrera's just gone... Te- so what you're saying is that he's just missed out on six million and he's yeah. taken two million for it. He could have fought Kovalev. Worst case scenario, he goes the distance, gets beat, but looks decent. Then who does Bival's team want to fight next? We want to fight Barrera now because we want to do a statement win over Barrera because we're after Kovalev long term. Build that fight. So now he gets two, now he gets the two million for, for biting. I'm just like, what the fuck? Who's advising this fucker? Listen, I'm listen. I, I get what he's all about. Gamble on yourself, son. You know he's gone for it and gone. You know what? I believe I can beat Bivol, and then it's worth so much more money. But someone around him should have just gone. Listen, this Bivol kid's a good kid. <laughs> Fight Kovalev for the four million because you fought the number one guy in a division. So you're not going to tumble down back to the bottom of the top ten. You're going to fall to three or four, especially if you put a good performance in. You're still in the mix for a world title fight with somebody else, but then you lose to Bivol who isn't ranked number one, who's probably ranked number two, but on a lot of writing sites, covers use probably about three or four. Now, Barrera's down at the bottom of the top ten. Uh, he, he fucked up, man. The boy fucked up. <laughs> Speaking of fucked up, Lewis Neary in the middle of last week in the Bantamweight division. This could be the most expensive decision or diet that he's never, ever been on. Yep. Uh, for those that don't know, Lewis Neary was in a rematch with uh, Yamanaka over in Japan. It was happening last Wednesday, last Thursday. Uh, on the way in, he ends up losing his WBC Bantamweight Championship because he weighed in five pounds over. He went for a little bit of a skip, managed to get it down to three pounds over, but he ended up getting stripped by the WBC. Fight went ahead, ends up putting in, all right, he was heavier and we slagged that off, but it was a devastating performance against Yamanaka. Knocks him out in two or three rounds. Yeah. Stops the kid, but he's beltless. So there's no, so now the WBC uh, Bantamweight Champion is vacant. The WBC then come out, pissed off with him, and ban him so he can't fight for the WBC belt anymore. Yeah. Um, so he, he kind of has thrown his chance away for being in the World Boxing Super Series because you would you would think that the WBC belt would go into that yeah. with maybe one of their high-ranked fighters in a quarterfinal. They'll probably get a number one and number two there, high-ranked WBC, to fight for that in the quarterfinal. At some point in there, if if Neary's in the tournament, he's going to have to fight for that belt because all the belts will be in. And the How long is the suspension what? though? I think it's a year. So the, so they won't let him do it. Yeah, unless he was on the opposite side of the draw. Yeah, but uh, if he gets to the final, he'd have to fight for the belt because all the belts will be in there. Yeah, but the final wouldn't be until June next year, would it? So he's, in theory, his ban would be over. Yeah, you know what? I think he's fucked it. It wouldn't surprise me if he has fucked it. But the problem is, if you're if you're World Boxing Super Series, you can't leave out the guy who's 26 and all with 22 knockouts and knocked out the lineal champion. That's what I mean. You can't not have him in there, or do you just go, okay, we won't have the WBC belt in there then because the belt's vacant anyway. Why mm. would the WBC go? Oh yeah, we'll get involved. They'll mm. probably go and make that outside of the sport, outside of the tournaments. But news, you know, it, it's got to be in the tournaments. The only concern now for World Boxing Super Series is if you build him into the tournament, what if he misses weight? It's just miss weight. Mm. If he misses weight, it fucks the tournament and up. And he didn't just miss it. Oh, he no, yeah, it's a mile it, Exactly. It, 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 it may well be a point now as well where this guy moves up to Super Bantam. He only just made Super Bantam. Yeah, no, exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's unreal. I know. He's lucky he got out of Japan alive, like, because, uh, you know, Yamanaka's a fucking national hero over there, so to start him again a second time, yeah. but to do it under them circumstances of basically coming in massively heavy, He's, he's lucky the Yakuza never fucking ended them right there. Speaking of missing weight, um, have you seen that uh, uh, Figueroa was pulled out of the fight on April 21st with Adrian Broner? Yeah. So he needs an opponent. Josh Taylor's fresh. Yeah, I know, yeah. What do you reckon? I think he'd piss that fight, to be honest with you. Josh would smash him to bits. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, it's, something was always going to happen. That fight was always never going to happen at some stage. 
Because Brown, I didn't see Brown getting fucking chased through a shopping mall in America last week or something like that, or arrested by mall security or something. But he's just a fucking idiot, isn't he? Kid's never going to change. Mm. Uh, this weekend, let's roll on to some fights this weekend because uh, we're over in the States. Los Angeles is the destination uh, for Scott Quigg to become a two-weight world champion. And yes, we're Scott Quigg fans. Yes, I love Scott Quigg. Yes, I want him to become a two-weight world champion. There's no question about that. But boy, has he got his work cut out for him this weekend. The kid that he's fighting, Oscar Valdez, is proper. Yeah. Now, Scott's been in um, the ring with him through sparring, sparred 100 rounds with the kids. And Scott, confidently has spoken to us and he thinks, listen, I've got this kid's number, you know what I mean? He's quite yeah. one-dimensional. I reckon I can uh, meet him in the middle and I can out-tough him. We know that Scott's, uh, Scott's tough, um, but I genuinely have in watched um, uh, Valdez professionally. I just think he's he is legit in this particular weight category, and especially with it being in LA, it's uh, his backyard. I know it's Scott works out there now, but it's his backyard. I think Scott's... Um, probably going to fall short on the cards here. I think it's going to go 12 rounds and he's going to get beat um, by, via a majority decision. You don't, dear. Do what are you shaking your head at? Don't you ever go to Scott Quigg's Nan's Chippy again no, and expect extra gravy on your chips. Listen, because... I think he'll be in the fight. I just think that uh, Valdez will have too much for him. Uh, uh, you know what? I think Scott's going to... I hope set, I'm wrong. Set, I hope I'm only next week saying that I'm fucking wrong. Of course you do. And, you know, I just wanted to go down that I'm going to go with Scott Quigg on this one. Ah, look at him. I'm going to message Scott I'll as well. I'll look after you, Scott. <laughs> I want an extra fish cake when I get to your nan's chippy. Mm. Um, I, d- I just feel like, you know, there's a lot of pressure. All the pressure here is uh, is obviously on Valdez. I think Valdez comes into the fight as the defending champion. I think it's going to be full of Mexicans, as the Stubbub Centre often is. I think it's going to be a real carnival atmosphere around there. But Scott Quigg's no mug, man. Scott Quigg's a he's quality not. operator. And I think Scott, he's with, got an, with got... Freddie Roach in his corner as well, you know, I'm yet to see... The Freddie Roach effect. Same. Do you know what I mean? That's I'm, maybe why I'm and making that's this call. That's what I'm holding out for. I'm holding out. And listen, this is no slight on fucking Joe Gallagher. He's done amazing things with Scott. And I think they, they left on good terms. Scott just wanted a fresh look. Well, for, I haven't seen him move on from where Joe Gallagher took him. Joe Gallagher took him to become champion of the world. I haven't seen the, the next stage yet. And that's why Scott left that camp. He left to go to America to add something else to his game. Yeah. Otherwise, what's the fucking point in moving? Yeah. You may as well stay where you are and bounce back. So... I want to see that, and I've got to believe that Scott is because you know as daft as a brush as Scott is. When you talk to him about boxing, when you talk to him about oh, his sport, his profession, the kid's dedicated. He's absolutely committed, and I, I just think he's got to have gone there for a reason. He's got to back himself in this fight for a reason, against the odds for a reason. I think he's he's taking it knowing that this unlocks. You know, obviously a potential Frampton rematch. So, mm. Some huge fights back over here. The winner of Selby Warrington he's in the mix for. Obviously, Leo Santa Cruz fight. You know, there's there's so much out there for him if he can get this belt around his waist. And I think he told us that, listen, I've sparred with Valdez. I know what he's all about. And there's a reason why everybody else... I'd rather fight him now than fight him in two or three yeah, years time. Yeah, that's the point. But there's a reason why all these other champions that we just mentioned, not one of them's calling out Valdez. No. Nobody's calling out the WBO champion because no. he's legit. Yeah. I think it's a tough one, mate, this weekend. It is a tough fight. Um, and that's exactly... You've nailed it there. I haven't seen the Freddie Roach effect yet. No. I need to see I'm, That's it. what I'm holding out for. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of being romantic about it, but I'm like, there's got to have been a reason why he's there. There's got to have been a reason why he moved. There's got to have been... There's got to be another level. And obviously, we didn't get to see it last time out because Freddie wasn't in his corner last time out. Freddie was at with George St. Pierre at the UFC. Mm. It was some other guy out the gym. So I want to see him with Freddie in the corner this weekend. And again, I want to see the Freddie Roach effect. I want to see something else from Scott Quigg where you go, ah, okay. 
we know he's tough. We know he loves a war. We know he can fucking go for 12 rounds. I want to see something on top of that. Like we got from Gavin McDonald at the weekend. Yeah. I want to see him go bum. And so, ah, that's why you took the fight. Mm. So I'm holding out hope for that anyway. Mentioned it a little earlier on, also in action this weekend. Um, Mikey Garcia, Sergey Lipinitz. This is a little bit of a weird one, right? I'll try my best to explain it uh, for those that know that uh, Mikey Garcia is already a world champion, but he's a world champion at 135 pounds, WBC champion there. And he floats through these weight categories for fun, does Mikey, knocking dudes out. It's irrelevant uh, what he seems to weigh in at. Um, this weekend, he is fighting for the 140 pound belt. Mm-hmm. He's still the 135 pound champion. Nothing's vacated there, so he's still the champion there. So he's the WBC. BC 135 champion. Yeah. This weekend he fights for the WBF. No, no, no. IBF. 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 He's fighting for the IBF. Yeah. Um, 140. Yeah, yeah. 140 pound championship against Sergey Lipinitz, who, by the way, is mustard. Very, mm-hmm. very dangerous. 13 and 0, knocking kids out for fun. Knockouts, kid. Kid mm. can whack. Uh, but so can Mikey. So mm-hmm. this is. It's like a champ champ thing, this, isn't it? Absolutely. Because he's not vacated, so he's going to be the... If he wins, he's the champion at 140 and the champion at 135. What's he going to do? He's just going to float between? Yeah, man. Is that what he's going to do? Is he going to be allowed to float between? Or go go up to 147 and do the treble? It's going to be... Champ, champ, champ. It's going to be interesting to see how this narrative plays out, especially with the WBC mandating his fight with Jorge Linares next. They've said it has to happen next. Yeah, back down at lightweight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. Don't get me wrong. This weekend is not a foregone conclusion. Lipinitz is legit. I think, though, that Mikey Garcia is a better boxer than Lipinitz. Yeah. And I think, um, I, I mean, you look on the records and you think to yourself, oh, there's 100% going to be a knockout here. 100%. I think so, yeah. But I don't think there will be. I think this is going to go... Mikey Garcia can box, man. Yeah, of course he can. And I think he will outbox him. I think he'll outbox him over a 12-round period. And if there is a stoppage, I think it'll be a lot later than the earlier rounds. Yeah, I think the stoppage will come, on, but it will be late on. I think um, Lippinitz might have a little bit of early success, but I expect Garcia to get the stoppage down a stretch. Uh, maybe even in the 11th or 12th rounds, that's where I'm going for. Similar to because, a biv- uh, bivol you Yeah, think, exactly. From the yeah. I think we'll put on a little bit of a clinic and I think Lippinitz towards the end will start getting a bit disparate and might, uh, and might leave himself open. But Mikey Garcia, you know, he's, he's kind of like everybody's other favourite boxing champion and his favourite mm. boxer at the moment. He brings so much entertainment and we were talking to before about fighters tied to t- TV deals and tied to promotions. You know Mikey Garcia is a free agent? Does what he wants. Fuck me, son. Does I'd also like to point out that Mikey Garcia has been hanging out with Dana White quite a lot oh, recently, yeah, exactly, hasn't he? Yeah. Zuffer exactly. boxing anybody? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Somebody's uh, getting ready to cash in that cheddar ching, isn't it? Just a bit, right? What mm. a fucking fair sign and that would be for anybody. Anyway, uh, fantastic weekend of boxing once again. We've had an absolute scream at the weekend. Well done to everybody uh, who broadcast that. Three different broadcasters, four different cards, loads to consume. If you haven't seen any of it and you're just listening to us wax lyrical about yeah. very stuff, go Which back. is the fight? Which one would you tell people? If, if, if someone who was away, let's say some, one of the fight disciples was away at the weekend, mm. took his beard to a spa or something daft like that, and he missed it all, mm. what's the one fight they should go back and watch? Out of it all, which, which performance should they go back and watch? Wilder Ortiz, just for pure entertainment. Yeah. I think that was the best fight. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, Kel Brook's performance was tremendous. Gavin McDonald was tremendous. There, every, there was a lot of yeah. positives in <laughs> a lot of those of fights. Knockouts. But because Wilder was on his arse yeah. for a period of time in that fight and then come back and got the win with devastating, ridiculous power, that's the one that I'd go for. And it's, yeah. it's heavyweights, man. That's the glamour division. Everybody wants to watch the heavyweights, don't they? Uh, so if you haven't seen that, get back on your planner and have a little bit of a nosy. Uh, this weekend, Scott Quigg, Oscar Valdez, Garcia versus Lipinitz, uh, two uh, world title fights, of which we'll be covering again for you next week. So make sure you come and join us. It's been an absolute pleasure being in your company. Don't forget, you can subscribe Scott to Quigg. us Scott via Quigg. iTunes, Scott Fight Disciples on iTunes. Valdez. 
Fight Decipher. Shush, I'm promoting the stuff here. I can't believe you went for Valdez. Fight Decipher. I want to text Scott now. <laughs> Don't text his nan because I'm going chippy in a minute. Uh, <laughs> fightdisciples.com to get your uh, Android feeds. And we're on social media at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.